Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Men Anything. It's me, your host, Emma. This is coming out December 5th, which means I will be at Tacoma Comedy Club December 7th and 8th. So if you're in Tacoma and you want to hang out, want to see a show, come on down. And if you're listening to this like 10 years later and aliens have invaded and you're looking back like, whoa, that was before the invasion, trippy. Today's guest is, I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm all over the place today. When our guest came in, Namish Patel, who you're going to hear from in a moment, he's a comedian, writer, former writer on SNL. He has two YouTube specials out. He's He is going to be performing on Netflix coming up, um, and he also is going to be doing a show at Madison Square Garden December 30th, which is very exciting. When he came in, we were talking about watching different videos online and the algorithm, and he was talking about bears fighting and then we got into a conversation about fighting a bear versus a panda which we would never ever want to do but when, right when we start it's me talking about fighting a panda you'll see in a second but just know that that's the context for it so you're not like wow emma's add is way worse than i ever even imagined namesh and i talk about anxiety channeling it we talk about how masculinity has changed over his lifetime then we have a question that i'm going to just do a little sneak peek of it but it's basically why do men get turned on by bisexual women but then use it against us to accuse us of infidelity. That's a quote from the question. We start unpacking that, and I'd be so interested to hear your take on how we weigh in. Please rate and review. It makes a huge difference. And if you're enjoying the show, please share it with a friend. Post it. Get the word out there. It really helps out, and I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys so much. Here is my episode with Namish Patel. All bears will fucking kill you. <laughs> That's how we should open. <laughs> all, bears all bears will fucking, fucking kill you. All bears. I'd fight a panda. I don't even know. I know that might seem like really coming out of left field. We've been in the room for five minutes and t fighting a panda. Would you fight a panda? Uh, I would not fight anything that it is from nature. Like I wouldn't even totally. fight like a fox. You know, like Same. <laughs> I wouldn't really fight. I was trying to sound tough. <laughs> no. It was in the context of bear fights, but I would. Pandas are so cute. They're getting kicked back to China. What? So there's this thing called panda diplomacy, and all the pandas in America are on loan from China. Really? Yes. Straight it, up loan, not like we're taking it. Right. And we 
like America pays them like a million bucks a year or like, and half of it has to go to like panda conservation in sure. China. But as relationships have soured, mm -hmm. China's like, we taking them back. <laughs> give us our pandas <laughs> give back. Give us our pandas and back. And you know what? Another thing, <laughs> give me back my fucking pandas. Yeah, exactly. It's a bad breakup. And uh, they, I think they left the Smithsonian Zoo like last two weeks ago. And now Damn. there's only like two or four left in uh, Atlanta. And then, panda custody. Yeah, they're they're gone, man. And <laughs> they're not coming back. It doesn't seem, but that's what well, that's what happens when you fuck with China. They take the pandas back. Yeah, it's far reaching. Yeah, I had. You're the only person I've ever heard openly talk about um, having one ball. Mm -hmm. And besides, the other person that I know talked about it was one of the school administrators in my high school. Had an, <laughs> had a this is had an all school assembly. His name's Mr. Green. I mean, he did it at the all-school assembly, so he's Tom putting Green the info. Was your no. <laughs> <laughs> That's odd because he's all the guy with testicular cancer. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> the perfect, oh, yeah. Perfect. So, so Mr. Green, but he, he didn't say he had testicular cancer. What it was was he said, so it'd be like this all-school assembly, you know, rural Maine, 400 kids, and super serious guy, and he was like, we need to address boys whipping each other with towels in the locker room oh. is more serious than you think. I personally have, you know, I'm a one testicle man because of it. So someone whipped him and he says it snapped it and testicle yes. gone. And I, man, if you, I'm like, you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> I would have started laughing so hard. How <laughs> did people not? I don't know. Because it was like, oh, I remember he was like, he was like singling this kid out. He's like, Tyler Cousins has been whipping people in the bathroom. And like, that's not funny because I am a one testicle man because of that. And everyone was like, <laughs> And well, I thought, forgot about that until I was watching you talk about it. And then I was like, I was like, I'm getting deja vu. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. It was actually a wonderful memory. I, it's, in high school, I remember that. I don't know what it is about high school boys, but that was just a thing. Really? Just flick someone in the nuts. And I remember I remember the last time I ever did it because it, it did not end well. And no one lost a nut or anything. But we, we, <laughs> we, it's me and two of my cousins. Because my cousins and I are pricks to each other. Yep. Or at least we were. In high school, we were in Burlington Co-Factory. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember it very clearly. It was me, my cousin Samit, my cousin Visha. And we were fucking around. And for some reason, I just hit Samit right in the nuts. Just with your hand? Like, like wow. Just a, with a, with my wrist. Like, mm. like I could I could I should have played tennis from that point on. Because right. I had no idea how strong my wrist was. But I dropped him. And, like, you saw pain shoot from his ball mm. to his face. And he collapsed. Damn. Like, he <laughs> just started fucking dying. <laughs> like, ah, he had to run away. Because it can make people like pass out. Yeah, we got kicked out of Burlington Co Factory, <laughs> but it was so worth it. It was, I don't know what it is about high school boys. We're just fucking jerks, but, uh, uh, you want to hurt each other. Yeah, I don't know what it was. That's how we assert our masculinity, mm. I guess, at the time. Like, I'll fucking hit you in the balls. Right. But after having had testicular cancer and losing my nut to God, like it wasn't <laughs> R.I.P. It wasn't. Uh, I never felt like less masculine. Sure. By any way, I mean they they put a fake one in mm. because <laughs> aesthetically, psycho. Apparently, my doctor told me like psychologically, and I talk about this in special, but psychologically, like men need to. Really? Like there's, they did studies on people with one versus two, like like five years, ten years out. I think and, the school principal might be had one. Yeah, and and uh, the, the just as a vibe. <laughs> yeah, I'm guy, just going out on a limb here. I think so. The guy with one, just like over the course of whatever the study was, 
suffered more depression episodes than the guy with two balls, huh? even if one was fake. And it's just like something in the psychology of a guy that if you only have one, you feel less like a man. Interesting. And it might it, it might have to do with like lesser testosterone production right. or whatever it is. But like that tie to me of two balls, more man, like I'm, I can see it, how it would exist, but it does not. I don't feel that way at all. Yeah, I always think I think of masculinity almost like separated from any body part unless you give that body part the power to have yeah. that. I was so disconnected from understanding what balls like did that I thought I didn't know that come NP I thought come NP were stored in the balls. So I thought <laughs> that if rural Maine high school did well, <laughs> did a lot did a lot of damage, it sounds like I know. I wanna I yeah, I, got, I guess I could have blamed my high school instead of I just thought it was because I was like so gay, but I'm sure there's tons of gay people that know yep. all about how this works. But I thought like when I would hear the phrase about like I wouldn't I would think that when there would be cum in the balls and then it didn't ejaculate, I was like, so then the cum's just sitting in there with the pee. <laughs> and that wh why does everybody everyone always laughs when I say that, but does no one out think that? No. How does everyone just know where the pee comes from? Because if we paid attention for like <laughs> like the most basic part of health class. That just the pee comes from your bladder. Bladder. Yeah. But at no point is it like marinating in your balls on the way to the bladder. Zip zero. <laughs> Unless you have a serious medical issue, in which case somehow that's it's That's not another the, problem entirely. It's not the craziest thing to think in route to out the penis. It would just be marinating in the balls. No, it's pretty. It's part of the pun nuts to think that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Def but cum does marinate there. Cum is sitting in there just waiting. Right. Waiting. And that's why it's like, oh, you don't you don't come for a couple of days and it's like tons of cum. Exactly. Yeah. And not, just not just pissing cum. Just That's everywhere. what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. That was like, I always like pictured that. Yeah, yeah, And then people are so horrified, but I just can't believe no one else would think that. It makes so much sense that you're gay. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it made so much sense what I thought too. I was like, thank you. It makes so much, because imagine you were in bed with a dude like, so you got to pee? Are you going to pee in me? Are you going to come in me? Are you going to do both? <laughs> it's perfect. It's a I'm, wild I'm, ride. I'm glad it worked out for you. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some listener emails, mm -hmm. but before that, we have questions. A few questions about masculinity. How has the concept of masculinity changed in general from when you were little baby Namish? Uh, I, I I definitely think as a uh, growing up, I think the idea of masculine was man does not express emotion, mm. is a provider, and that's really it. Like so, like my my dad worked all the time. And then when he wasn't working, he was like busy watching TV or like talking to us, but not really talking. You know? Right. And that was my idea. And like just was always stern, kind of disciplinary and laughed and stuff, but was never really like over, overly affectionate with my mom or anything like that. And I think Do you remember him showing feelings here and there mm. for sure. Like he was all he was always loving. Oh, that's good. Like I always got a loving vibe from him, but it was never like overt it wasn't never it was never like don't talk to me right that kind of thing it was more just like okay cool yeah go, go play basketball I'll, I'll join you and like he his actions were very loving you know like i remember <laughs> i remember when we had a uh, my cousins and i went to a carnival and i was terrible shooting baskets um, me too. and i got like very upset and he came over and was like i got it and he like yeah, yeah, and made it for me, and like got me a one, uh, one of these oh, giant that's such a animals. Dad, like scene. Yeah, yeah, and I remember, like, so that was, so that was like his masculinity. Mm. Like that's how I saw masculinity, and then my uncles were very similar. Now 
it feels like we as like at least generationally for us to be masculine it's okay to be like this is how i feel about something to be better communicators in general uh i don't think some some ideas of masculinity haven't really changed like i still feel like as a man i need to be, be a provider mm. i still need to be stern and and carry myself in a certain way so what is stern like stoic yeah, stoic. So not stern. So the stoic is, I think, the right word for it. Um, but I'm not sure if that's a masculine thing or if that's like a Hindu thing mm. or an Indian thing or whatever it is. But that's what it is for me. For sure. How do they describe masculinity? And I don't know very much about Hinduism. They don't. They oh. don't. They don't. Right? <laughs> There's no. I think it's just like uh, the texts are geared towards men in general, mm. and men are supposed to. Hindus are supposed to not have emotions. We're supposed to be like, oh, everything good happens, everything bad happens, doesn't matter. You're supposed to say even keeled no matter what happens. Balance. Yeah. And that's like one of the central tenets of Hinduism. And I, I definitely think that that's played a lot into how at least men have uh, come to be in the Hindu Indian community. For So like my, my grandpa was very much like that. Mm. My, my uncle is definitely very much like that. My dad's very much like that. But it has its... Uh, detriments you know like sure. it's impossible to not feel emotion and when you do feel emotion that you've kept bottled up all the time it comes out in a very bad masculine way like in an angry almost aggressive kind of way and that's right. also a bad thing to have happen you know my therapist always talks about trying to be even keeled like she's all she was talking about like the middle road she always goes back to that she was like you don't want to be too far this way or too far that way. I think that's her bit way of saying I'm dramatic. She wants you to be Hindu. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. a good spin on it. Yeah. She's very, she always like will quote like Buddhism on stuff because to, if you're doing even keel the quote unquote right way where it's actually like through processing things, that shit is a conscious hard effort. Yeah. So if you're trying to put the cor cart before the horse or you're just like even keel, but just because you're not like expressing anything, which I've done that before. Uh -huh. Ooh, that's a recipe for a clusterfuck. Yeah, that's a disaster. That's a disaster. Uh, but that is what a lot of, I think like, a lot of Indian people or just people. I don't want to bracket anybody. That's how I grew up, mm. where it was just like, don't show emotion. My mom, same way. My dad, same way. And so my idea of masculinity is very much tied to that kind of stoicism mm. and not feeling dramatic one way or the other. Granted, I definitely did as a kid. I was definitely like. You're dramatic. Yeah, dramatic for sure. Uh, but I worked on it for sure. Mm. I was a dramatic little kid too. I'm still too, I'm still way dramatic. Like I was sick two weeks ago and I was just in the bedroom going, what, literally out loud saying, woe is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah. No I was like, cares. Woe, woe is me. Yeah. Woe is me. And then, and I was saying like alone to an empty apartment. Uh, Felt good. I like, be, I don't know. I kind of like being dramatic, yeah, but I also. It's good to let it out for sure. It's good to let it out. Woe is me. Even for me is a lot, but do you remember when you became aware of gender? And when do you think kids start acting differently towards one another based on gender? I grew up with a very big family. Mm. Like, not immediate family. I have a sister. And obviously that very much helped demarcate gender roles. Sure. Uh, but would I'll, she dress you up in her stuff? No, I mean, she's younger. Okay, okay. Oh, good. <laughs> so, I, if anything, she was more tomboyish than, mm. than anything. Like, she would want to hang out and, like, rough around, all that kind of stuff. But, like, I grew up with 16 first cousins. And we're all within, you know... 30, 40 minutes of each wow, other. So like our, Mateo. Is it, we have yeah. a met friend, Mateo, who was, grew up with all, he always would describe that to me. That's just like so different from how I grew up. Yeah, it was chaos mm. all the time. But in our families, like gender roles were very much like demarcated. Like, oh, the girls are going to be doing this. The guys are going to be doing this. And the girls are all hang out with each other. And the guys are going to all hang out with each other. And that was 
very rarely was there intermingling. Obviously, we're all very close and talk to each right. other all the time. But the women have their own group chat now. Oh, you know, and the guys have their own group chat. Like it's like it's like that. You know how sometimes when you have it like strict like that, and then there's like the one that's kind of the exception for that, like the little boy that's like skipping around. No, we or had the little girl that's like, "What's up?" No, no, no. It's it's very much like okay, all the guys mm. are talking to the guys. They're like we're having Thanksgiving at my place on Friday. I imagine it's gonna be like the guys are on one floor and the right. the women are another floor kind of thing. When they when the women come in, do you guys does or when you like someone goes into the guys one or the women come to the women's one? Is there like the vibe where it's like all of a sudden everyone stops talking about whatever they were talking about? No, no, no. I think I I think all the women are like, "What are you guys talking about?" And all the guys like, "What are you guys talking about?" There's never there's never unless it's like 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 discreet women stuff Mm. that like men us men are never really privy to. Whether it be like I don't know having a kid like I think my. what, my cousins in law just had a baby. I'm nice. sure that'll be a huge topic. And like maybe there's stuff about around, around C sections or private parts that they'll talk about. But I'm not privy to that kind of right. stuff. And I'm okay not being privy to that stuff. That I'm a man. <laughs> you know, like I don't need to that's know. That's when I pull that card. Yeah. I don't need to know any of this shit. Oh, that's what you're talking about? Okay, peace. I'll go back upstairs and talk about football. Like that's that's fine by me. You had a joke about I'm just remembering it now about going to get uh tampons yep. at yeah i remember that was where i don't want to like ruin or spill the joke but it's about being like confused about buying tampons that's at a, that's a hundred percent true story and it was like one of the first like i don't really talk about uh my relationship my my wife but she was my girlfriend at the time mm. and that's just i just want to keep things for some things to myself but that yeah. was one of those first bits that i was like i cannot believe this happened i have to talk about it she had her period and like she was at my apartment uh, at the time and i was like well i don't have tampons <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so, that'd be real almost too slick maybe if it, you did yeah so and i lived above a cvs at the time so I was like, let me just go get you tampons she says hey just give me regular tampons i'm like okay right, yeah sure and then downstairs it's like regular super and super plus i'm like why the fuck would i get regular if super plus is like the same price like this premium product and it like literally it was like a snap decision i was like yeah okay i'll just get these she's <laughs> worth it yeah i said like, buy super plus tampons she's like what the fuck i told you to get regular i'm like yeah but these super plus are the same price Turns out tampons are not like gasoline. It's not like you're buying a better product. It's just like fucking wider. <laughs> She's like, yeah. go, go downstairs, return the tampons, and buy me regular tampons. Okay, sure, my bad. And then that was that was probably one of the funniest uh, uh, return moments <laughs> yeah, I ever bet. had. Because it was the same cashier. I was, she was like, what happened? I was like, yeah, you know what happened. She's like, yeah. She's not super. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a good sentiment, though. Mm. I remember my I was at my dad's house when I first got my period and he he made a big de- he like I think since he was uncomfortable with it, he like overswung with making a big deal of it. Like he got me a cake and <laughs> he was like, congratulations. Like this is a big moment for us. And I just remember like running and like locking myself in the room. And I oh, was just so but he would have done that for sure. Yeah been like we're gonna get the best we're gonna get the best fucking souped up i'm not getting cvs brand i'm getting whatever tampax right. the finest exactly he's on like the mercedes website <laughs> which you know i appreciate limited edition tampon i'm busy on the go and don't always have time to go to the grocery store and pick out what i'm gonna eat for the week thankfully i found butcher box they take the guesswork out of shopping and cooking with a great selection of fish chicken beef and more And their cuts of meat are always way better than anything I would find in the grocery store. I love their chicken thighs. Best chicken thighs I've ever had. I swear on my mom. 
With ButcherBox, you can easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. I can get 100% grass-fed, beef-free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught seafood delivered straight to my doorstep. I don't even have to mess with going to the store. Plus, they have free shipping always. And because this is really important to me, with ButcherBox, all the meat is humanely raised. That means no antibiotics or added hormones. You can curate and customize what you want in each box. And if you're feeling uninspired in the kitchen, they have an entire catalog of delicious recipes to get you started. All I have to think about is what I'm going to binge watch on TV while I enjoyed ButcherBox's high quality cuts. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash AMA and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash AMA and use code AMA to choose your free for a year offer offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's your most feminine trait that you like about yourself? I like smelling good, but I don't know if that's a feminine thing. That is a good trait to have. Um, I spend money on cologne a lot. so it's just Smelling like, good is a good trait to have. Yeah, but I don't know if that's feminine or not. I'd say that it could be qual. I, I imagine we had like a buzzer. We're like, <laughs> yeah, like t- level five feminine. Yeah. yeah, you get ejected or something. I, I'm working on uh, communicating emotions better. Yes. Um, but again, like <sighs> it's hard to say that that's feminine or it's just I like know. it's not defined as masculine just yet. But I feel like that should be a thing. Like if men are to win the the competition about which species is better <laughs> that's which, what it goes back to yeah, yeah. that could be the tie-in to get them to talk about get it more in touch with their emotions you want to be a man right. you want to be the best you can be you then gotta talk win. about your show right. you gotta win dog and i think like that is if that's defined as a feminine thing then sure like i'm i'm working on that and i think that is uh something i'll continue to be proud of and will that is something out. to be proud of you know because I paid my therapist. She hadn't billed me in a while. And when I paid her, I was like, you know what? I'm ouch, <laughs> ouch. But also I'm honored. I'm happy to pay you because I'm proud of this work that we're doing. And that's something that we're doing too. Because yeah. I used to always just either be like, I'm stressed or I'm angry. And then you're like looking under it and you're like, well, maybe there's other feelings I feel too. Yeah. Fear. Yeah, that's really it. And I think like I, even in our conversations that I have with my wife, I think it's, uh, uh, I will try to, unpack what is actually behind this mm. or what i'm trying and like sh- if that's if that's feminine sure do you have a default emotion like is your default like anger or do you get that used to be my default one i'd get angry or frustrated and then i'd go for a walk yeah my my default is probably the action is i just get quiet mm. um and so that's like because i'm aware of anger being my worst emotion and i know how like very you know a long time ago but it uh, as I've evolved, but like anger is a very destructive emotion for me. Totally. Um, like I will get like either self-sabotaging or I will get like, I'll destroy everything in my path just to have my anger come out. Yes. And so I'm very conscious of that. You get like drunk on rage. Yeah. It's, I forget where I read it, 
but it is like a a feeling that people love having. Yes. Like I fucking man, I'm, I can't wait to like. It's Especially a, if you feel justified. Yeah, and uh, and my therapist told me the same thing. Like it is, it's a valid emotion. It comes from a biological fear kind of response. Mm. So it, it's it exists for a reason. Uh, but for me, like anger in historically has been tied to my shame, and it's just like mm. I have I grew up with a lot to unpack in this conversation, but. That is my, I know that's my default emotion. And so whenever I feel something, I'm like, okay, I got to not feel that because I know what that could lead to. So let me slow down, quiet up, think about why I'm actually mad, what's underneath that, what is causing that. And uh, that's been like a very helpful exercise. Shame. I didn't know shame was linked to anger until maybe two months ago. Yeah. Because I I don't know who, where, no, it was my girlfriend. She pointed out, she was like, she was like, my therapist and I were talking about your relationship to shame. And I was like, bitch. But <laughs> also, yeah, because I was like, I don't feel. And then she was a lot of anger is shame based. Yeah. Well, my ang- I, I will feel shame at feeling angry. Oh, I see. Interesting. And Interesting. Because because I know like even as a kid, my mom was like you're angry. And like mm. I would feel mad that people were calling me angry, right. you know, and then I, and anger. <laughs> Uh, for reasons I don't want to get into, you know, publicly sure. is definitely something that like that shame and anger coexist for a reason. Mm. And, and th- those two, like whenever I feel one, I will feel the other. Mm. And, and so unlinking those two has been a process for me, but it's more so anger is definitely like the default kind of thing. And also, yeah, I guess it's like finding a way to be angry in a way that you don't feel shame about. Cause then that probably indicates that the way you ex- want it, one express the anger was something that wasn't like, that was like productive and not hurtful. And yeah, yeah, cause I'll usually, when I would get like drunk on anger sometimes, like it never led to something good. No, I mean, I could see myself, I I could feel myself being drunk on anger when you like in small ways, you know, like people leave mean comments or send fucked up DMs. I'm like, I'm going to destroy you. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Who the fuck you think you're talking to? I got shadow banned many a time before I was like, I got to stop doing this. Yeah, and it's just like, all right, I really got to cease and desist. Yes, cease and desist. You know, because it's not worth it. And here I am, because it's such a small and like private thing on Mm. your phone, it's very easy to be like not shamed about it. Yes. But, you know, also in the positions that we're in, it could very much very quickly turned to shame absolutely you know we'd be like yeah i was angry and i responded in kind to someone saying some mm-hmm. wild shit and then we're held to what it for reasons that are valid and unvalid invalid like higher standards in our reactions you know and it's just never it never ends up being worth the damage that is done you get like the there'll be a moment where i'm like yeah yeah and then the embarrassment comes and you're like oh my god i told like I told like a 12 year old yep. to eat shit and walk <laughs> off a cliff. Like what? Like exactly. how could I, just cause they said I'm funny looking or whatever it is. Yeah. Some, I mean, I, I remember very clearly I, some, you know, uh, two years ago I was talking shit about a religious group and a oh. bunch, a bunch of people from that religious group. Yeah. Pretend, they don't like that. Who pretend, pretend to be like religious and pious and holier than thou and like know how to. Oh no. Like say, <laughs> like said some wild shit in my DMs and I, one of them had like a public profile like just mm. like a civilian a quote unquote like just to se- separate us from people dming us had like a public like all his pictures were mm-hmm. were were public and i was like oh you want to talk shit and then i was like the third picture was like him and his wife and like a family thing and i just said some foul Uh-oh. shit <laughs> and it was very funny right 
because um, I know it was funny because I've said it on stage. I said it on stage what I said to him, but uh, in hindsight, it was mean. And like, if someone went at my wife, I'd be like, true, you know, yes. like, what, a, what an asshole I am. So, yeah. Um, and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And after that, I was like, you know, I got chill because this is unnecessary. This is his wife's catching strays. <laughs> she, totally. <laughs> you know, like and she she was not a bad looking person. Right. Oh, but God. I, I just wanted to let him know that if you want to come at me, Let's like, go. I will go full nuclear. Right. I will destroy you. Right. Like, Where's your grandma at? Yeah. Where's is, your niece? This is not like you're you're not talking to a friend. I'm not well. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm, I'll cross I'm, lines. I'm fucking crazy. Totally. Man. Yeah. First of all, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing is safe. I had the last time I got so angry. Where I was like, I'm crazy and I need to tone it in was there was this this uh, apartment above me that was always having parties. And I remember they just had this big party on Tuesday. It wasn't even that late. Mm -hmm. And I went up <laughs> and I knocked on the door. I was like, could you guys please like be quiet? And they were like, yeah. And then they just turned it up. And then I took hot sauce and I was going to go like splash it on their face. Yikes. And I was like, you, and then I, I went up and then I just put some hot sauce on their door, which I think is like vandalism. <laughs> and then I went down and then to the lobby and then people were going up and I was like, are you guys going up to the party? And they were like, we are. And I was like, I just want you to know, like, I'm going to like hire someone to come break everybody's knees. Jesus and Christ. This was how long ago? Last week. No, oh. no, 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 no. This was like eight years ago. Oh, okay. But it was like, I don't know what. And then I remember, maybe it was because like, I went up and then said, please turn down. And then they cranked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I had some other stuff going on at the time. And then that's when I was like. Oh God. And I remember I said it as the elevator doors were closing and they were just like, okay. And then it closed. And then I went up and I told my girlfriend at the time, like, I just let them know that I'm going to like get someone. I met, uh, I was like, I'm going to break everybody's knees. And she was like, are you proud of that? Yeah, like, yeah. You're, this is so shameful. And then I didn't feel shame for maybe a couple of days. And then I started going to therapy. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. A, that was the inciting incident for you. That was the inciting incident. Yeah. yeah. It's never, it never feels good especially when you say it out of context too it's like what was i so mad about yeah for sure truly i think i think I, I i i don't know i nope. don't know where that entitlement came where i thought things should be quiet in new york city at my like shitty apartment on a tuesday on a tuesday <laughs> at like 8 p.m yeah, yeah and i'm like what are you guys doing having fun yeah. i'm gonna break your fucking knees I'm like, oh why do we have to live above her <laughs> Now we have a question from a listener in our segment called Why Do Men? This is a listener email where they write in, they ask us a question. Dear Emma and man, today's man is Namish Patel. Please check him out online. He has two YouTube specials out and he is on tour, the Fast and Loose tour. Here's the question. I, female, 34, have been with my boyfriend, male, 43, mm. for one year. I'm his first long-term relationship since his divorce from his 14-year marriage. Yikes. He's the first partner I have been open about my bisexuality. He loves asking me my experiences with girls, shocker, right, and enjoys seeing what type of girls I'm attracted to. We have never had any issues around insecurity, and we have never had any trust or miscommunication issues until last weekend. We were at a bar, and I was dancing with some friends along with two girls we didn't know. My boyfriend was having a drink at the bar, and when I looked over, I noticed him checking out one of the girls. I felt jealous and went to the bathroom to cool off. As I was washing my hands, that same girl walked in and started talking to me about some drama with her friend while she was peeing. I could hear my boyfriend outside the bathroom looking for me. I yelled, I'm coming, and exited. He asked what I was doing, and I told him exactly what happened. He immediately accused me of hooking up with her in the stall and told me I was lying. We fought about it all night. The next day, he apologized for not trusting me and confirmed he believes me. I'm still in shock that he didn't trust me. 
Question, why do men get turned on by bisexual women then use it against us to accuse us of infidelity? Damn. That's a that's a heavy one. That's a heavy one. I I don't know. That's never happened to me, mm. unfortunately. Uh, but my, my my wife is not interested in women. But uh, I think a lot of it. Uh, if I'm to try to sure. dissect it, um, I don't know. If, I don't know how much the divorce plays into it. But I think a lot of it is just maybe that guy was projecting, and, sure, and he was unaware of how to communicate that he's very into the fact that she's bisexual and would hope that that would turn into something that would resolve a fantasy that he may, may mm. or may not have. And instead of, I didn't even think of that instead of being like, uh, let's, let's explore this together. Right. Maybe it's, if you want to, he's like, no, she's fucking cheating. Right. <laughs> she skipped a couple steps. Now yeah. they're having fun without me. Exactly. It's one of those things. And you get the visual of him at the bar drinking, looking for you. And yeah. then he's like, they're in there hooking up, whispering to each other. Thank God that fucking loser's not here. If if, if I'm attracted to her and she's attracted to her, right. then why can't we both be attracted together? Right. Like, and that's what it's like. He was probably projecting that emotion, but was unable to communicate that. And if that's something she's willing to explore, I'm sure he's also willing to think about that because he's, you know, 42, uh, fresh right. out of a divorce. Like he's got a lot of unsowed oats, you mm. know, and this is something he probably wants to do. Because also it's like that would be a huge discretion just to hook up with someone and not talk to your partner about it first. That would be so that is like a big accusation. And I don't think so, because someone's bisexual or straight or queer or whatever, they're any more or less likely to make that big of a jump. I think yeah, sometimes people sure. think, oh, they're bisexual. Like, is it less of an accusation for me to say, oh, they hooked up with some girl in the bathroom? And it's like, no, no, you're still saying this person is cheating and crossing a major yeah, line. Yeah, 100%. And that's definitely also probably plays into his uh, thought process is that kind of immature thought process. Like, oh, if she's into, right. that's twice the chance to cheat. You right. Know? <laughs> you know, so it's that's probably played into his calculations. I've found the bisexual women that I have been with are the most picky, uh -huh. which I, has always been interesting to me. Like they're always the most because I remember it was like they're usually the ones that I'm usually with are attracted to like a certain type of masculinity where they want. It's usually that's what the attraction is masculinity. And then there's some I don't I know very I know maybe one or two bisexuals that really it covers the whole like mm -hmm. feminine women, masculine men. Like, actually, do I even know? But I know that with my girlfriend, usually I actually prefer, if someone says they're bisexual to me, I'm like, mm, I like that. Uh -huh. That's like a social cue to me. What does it say to you? Well, not to be rude, <laughs> but it means the person's like more likely to be like, I want to get pounded. Got it. Got it. And I like that. I, not to be, I could, I could be totally wrong, uh -huh. but if someone's like, oh, I like this, I'm bisexual and they're like directing it in my direction, then I'll think, oh, they might be more inclined. It's like a cue that they might like to have sex in Got a way it. that I like. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because sure. then it's like there's so many like mysterious things about sex. But then if someone's like, but I've it, I had a dinner the other night with a guy, very masculine, friend of mine, um, hadn't seen in a long time. And he mentioned that he was bisexual. Mm -hmm. And I was like, good for you for coming out with that. I mean, you never would have been able to. There was no hint right. of it. And he was like, I could see myself just sleeping with men, but not being in a relationship with one. Uh -huh. And I was happy for him for like, you know, and we know people in New York where that can be openly a thing but you i feel like i see it way less with men for sure for sure but i could also see girlfriends like my girlfriend who's bisexual now has said she would never date a bisexual guy why there 
I've and I've heard that before. I don't, and it's just like a hard line. It's probably because she thinks that bisexual men are more likely to just fuck whoever is around and, right. and, and live that up because again, twice the opportunity to do sure. whatever the fuck you want. Right, but then also like then it's like it's like okay, well, someone's attractiveness level could come into it too because like if you're with someone who's super attractive, it's like okay, well, now the amount of people they could have sex with is going up too. So then it's like all these things. It's like, are you just going to like whittle it down to you're with someone where there's like no, no option for them? Like bubble boy. Yeah. Well, even he could get someone in that freaking bubble. That's what this guy is going through right, right. now. Right. <laughs> That's what he's unaware of that. And maybe they should have that conversation and then explore, expand their horizons. Maybe. I think how bisexuality ties into it is probably some subconscious form of him maybe not realizing how big of an accusation he was making towards you about you cheating which maybe is i don't know what exactly i'd be interested please write in in our analysis of this because i i think there's like a lot of things that go into it where also because obviously he was upset by it and you were upset by it but i think that where the bisexuality comes in is he was maybe not he was it was like the jealousy wanting to be included Mm -hmm. mixed with oh my god my partner's being with someone else yeah does did she say that she just told him that she was bisexual i don't think so it sounds Uh, like she was open with it from the beginning and he liked hearing about other women he'd been with which i i love i always think it's fun i like hearing about other not other people but i like hearing like scenarios like if my girlfriend's like oh good but i like that type of stuff it's like hooking up with this person hook up with that person i like it Uh but then if it was actually true i'd probably get upset you're right okay (laughs) you just can't win (laughs) yeah 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 I'm, i'm sorry i hope hope that we resolve that for them yeah i hope that offered some insight and i would be interested please like weigh in on that too i'm very interested maybe he's just an asshole <laughs> just or he could be a dick <laughs> another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Now it's time to ask the Mish anything. This is the part of the show where we try to get inside the male mind with specific questions. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Are you more of the planner or more of the spontaneous one in your relationship? Spontaneous. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I fucking hate planning. I, I wish I were a better planner. Me too. But I've just, let's like, yeah, whatever. Let's do whatever you want. I, oh yeah, I always do. Let's do whatever you want. And when I say spontaneous, it means it's not like I'm like, let's just like randomly go to France for a weekend. I just mean I'm like, don't plan things. Yeah. Same. yeah. <laughs> not in a romantic way. Am I yeah. spontaneous? When you first started dating people, did your parents' approval of potential partners matter to you? No, not at all. Oh, mm. no, I think, uh, well, I, my, my biological parents divorced when I was two. So I don't know my father, but my mom remarried almost very quickly and divorce in the Indian community is very much frowned upon. At least it was back then. Um, and so I always 
it subconsciously and then consciously he was always just like y'all broke the rules right you don't give a fuck your parents still kept you around what are you gonna say to me right and and i carried that throughout my <laughs> anyone i dated it, it never even entered my thought process of well my parents approve of this right. relationship I, I would be with whoever for whatever reason um as long as i like them you know I relate to that with my dad because my sister and my brother didn't talk to my dad for years because of he had been like a womanizer. And so I was like, when people are like, is your dad okay with you being gay? I'm like, Paul, yeah. is he ever? Like he doesn't have a choice yeah, in this exactly. situation. Yeah. Like, it's, I so I definitely, I relate to that. I also don't think, I don't, I mean, I think I'm sure it happens to a lot of people. So uh, again, like I never had a fear of my parents disowning me mm. like that concept never entered my mm. brain <laughs> disown me <laughs> what the fuck out of here <laughs> okay <laughs> good luck doing that i'm still coming i'm breaking to the house right right <laughs> you know uh so that was never like a fear either it was just like um if if they if i brought someone home and they disapproved for re i guess like let me contextualize it in the sense of their disapproval would would people would think like oh it's because like my wife is white right but like they would think oh the race is not right the religion is not right mm. or whatever if that was the case i'd be like get the fuck out of here right but if it was like oh she's mean to us mm. or she does not like respect us or anything like that or or she behaves in a certain way or, or anything like then it would be a different thing 100 percent. because then they'd be providing insights into personality that i may not necessarily see or they would you know weigh in some other way that would actually matter if they weighed in in a way that I found irrelevant, right? Then I'd be like, "Fuck off!" But not "fuck off," but you know what I mean. But like, if they were saying uh, like real stuff, then it would be. Yeah, I want to listen to that. Exactly. I have, I feel that trust too. Yeah. Now, where it's like, I it almost like gives my parents are like so accepting that it gives validity to what their actual problems with the person would be. Yeah, and I I've been like frustrated with that at times, mm -hmm. and it's only been like two partners where they were like. This person, they were trying to say anal retentive and controlling, but they were like, this person seems maybe a little rigid for the situation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn. Yeah. And then we broke up. They're like, she was a bitch. <laughs> She's such a bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, I, that would mean more than, you know, the other stuff. Like, if if who she was versus rather, like, what she was. Right. That would be uh, uh, stuff I would take into consideration. What's the strangest thing you've ever done in the name of hygiene? The strangest thing I've ever done in the name of hygiene. Mine's probably brushing my teeth with my finger on a plane, things like that, I would say. Oh, like I'm a Delta whore, you know, but uh, if I have to use a public bathroom at the airport, I'll try to find a wipe to like clean the seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, those little sani pads, right. the sani things that cover, I don't know how they work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the the condoms on the toilet. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the yeah, seat yeah. sheets. I'm like, what is that? What's going on? <laughs> Am I shitting on this fucking right. thing that falls into the toilet? I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'll try to find like a uh, a wet wipe or something. People get so into. Is that because it's like the fear that germs are gonna like crawl up into the butt? Yeah, I don't know how. Like, oh, the the seat itself. Right. Yeah. No, it's just it's just gross. Like, because mm. I've seen very bad bathrooms. You know, I know. I don't I, know what my problem is. Yeah, I'm just like, I, and a lot of times I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'll just wait till I get on the plane or some shit. You know, because they, I know it's been sanitized and they used to give out those, the Purell wipes. Yep. You know, uh, I'll sit on a lot. Yeah. No, I, I can't. I and I because I've always like are people afraid that like the bacteria is gonna go up through their skin? You how many times you seen a toilet seat with like just a a, a brown dot on it? 
lots of times. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck, man? Many a time, yeah. yeah. It's like, that shit, that, for that to have happen. Oh, so many things went wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So many. <laughs> so many issues. A convergence of how did we get here. Yeah. So imagine just like leaving it like that too. Yeah, and then be like, this is normal. This but, is about I, right. I can't do this. I got, I got nothing. So I'll, 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 the strangest thing I've done in the name of hygiene is not take a shit when I really had to. Are you still friends with anyone from childhood? If so, how do you maintain those friendships? Define childhood, like elementary school. I still have friends I was friends with in high school. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I went to like a Columbia summer camp when I was like 16. I'm still friends with, nice. with some of those people. Like, well, actually the best man at my wedding was one of the people that I met at that, that high school camp. And then like, I know a lot of people from elementary school in the sense that like, if, the, if I'm in a city, if I'm performing a city that they're in, mm. They'll hit me up. I'll be like, yeah, tickets for wherever you want. Right. Kind of, that kind of thing. Sure. But those that's not really maintaining a friendship. Right. right? And then, and, but people that I was friends with in, in high school, um, a few of them I'm still friends with to this day, group chats and all that kind of stuff. And it's just because I had other people who were also friends with them. And so like we all kind of coalesced and stayed together. Having friends from high school is such a nice, it's just like a very like grounding thing. Yeah. Too. My freshman year college roommate was a friend from high school that we were, you know, classmates together and nerd competitors together. And so like <laughs> we stayed friends and then all of our friends. What's a nerd competitor? We would compete like in grades and stuff. Oh, wow. You know, like he he graduated salutatory and I graduated eighth in my class. So, oh, yeah. So he won. But, you know, we, <laughs> we were we were like you know, competing on science and math and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so we stayed friends and then freshman year roommates and then yep. uh, remain friends to this day. Is it a red flag if a guy never posts their long-term girlfriend on Instagram, even if they don't usually post anything personal? No, I don't think so. I, I'm, I, I've only posted my wife like maybe once or twice mm. in like, and we've been together for 10 years, married for three or so. Do you think it would be different if you weren't like a public person? Like yeah, you, probably. Yeah. I think so, but... I also don't know, like, I, I don't know if I would be on Instagram at all if I wasn't a public mm. person. That's Like, I think the only reason I got on Instagram, like, whenever ago was because you were supposed to. Right. And now, like, now that I'm aware of how weird people can be, I'm very, very hesitant to put anything personal on. Like, even, like, what is it, three months ago, I posted, like, a picture of my family, like, at, at a wedding. Did that same guy who's you commented yeah, on his yeah, wife yeah, circle back yeah, around, yeah. who's that fucking cousin? Yeah, yeah I, I posted this, and then, like, people took it as an opportunity to talk about, oh, fucking Indian guy, white wife, and then, look uh, at, and then all that kind of shit. I'm just like, what's wrong with, what's wrong? Totally. What's wrong with people? <laughs> like, so I don't think it's a red flag unless she's constantly posting about mm. it. And she wants him to post about it. I, I'm also, again, like, this goes back to, like, the stoic masculinity. Right. It's like, why do I got to show my affection to everybody all the time? Like, I love you. <laughs> I'll show you in person. <laughs> yeah. like I've got a cousin where his in, he's married with two kids, and I, his I'm related to his wife, actually. Mm -hmm. And I was on his Instagram, and it was like, oh, you really seem single in this. Uh -huh. But... That's a personal, that's like a personal choice of his too. And I was like, why am I judging this so hard? Yeah. But I did, I, there was like not one picture of it, but it could easily be that he just doesn't want to show his kid and wife too. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, some things are for me. My right. family is mine. Um, you get to see what I get to show you. But beyond that, like, I know, especially as a public person, like people are like, you got to show 
that you're a real human being. Right. It's like, you don't know I'm a real human being? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I right promise here. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. I promise. You know. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make when you went from living alone or with roommates to living with your partner? <laughs> we actually had this, uh, no, it's not an argument, but like a conversation that we is ongoing. Like, I hate clutter. Mm. And I, I traced it back yesterday. I traced it back to the fact that like my mom would always have knickknacks around the house. And I just hate, I don't know, for whatever reason, I hated knickknacks because they, they would all be like cheap shit everywhere right. and uh, just take up space and for whatever reason, just annoy my brain. I clutter like a motherfucker. And uh, like that was an adjustment for me, um, especially because then the stuff that is cluttering is no longer masculine stuff necessarily. Mm. <laughs> it's not like a fucking basketball that I got mm. signed or like a charcoal candle. Instead, it's like a pine scented candle. And like she swapped out your candles. Yeah, and just like fucking you know, a, a pink candle that's more votive candle. Mm. Instead of just like a candle that serves a purpose, <laughs> it's just like that was a huge adjustment for me. Did she get to design the? Did you guys move into a new place or did you move into one of each other's existing places? No, we moved together. You know, we I think we've been living together for eight years. Uh, we moved, we found a place together um, that was uh, in Brooklyn, and I one of our first and biggest arguments was around Christmas time. Cause she's like very festive, mm -hmm. um, and I grew up festive, but not like the way she she grew up white festive. I grew up <laughs> Indian festive, you know. Like my mom would put up lights, and we had like stickers on the wall and a sure. tree. But like that was it. It was like right. all contained to one place. And when you live in a Brooklyn apartment, you only have like maybe two or three places. Mm -hmm. um, and so like she had put like Christmas decorations up, and like put like ivy on the tv stand and lights oh, wow. and i was just like what the fuck <laughs> like i remember just being so mad about it and i at that time i wasn't mature enough to trace it back to anything but that was a big adjustment for me because like if holidays happened before you know my relationship like you did not know if you walked into my apartment sure. that i was into christmas or anything like that it was just like yeah it's why? Also in New York, it's not like you have people over that much. Yeah. So you're really doing it for yourself. Exactly. And I was just like, I, that was a big adjustment for me. But outside of that, like we're very, very similar in our behaviors and our like super clean. Oh, it's nice. Uh, <laughs> keep shit like tidy, put stuff away, turn the lights off, all that kind of I stuff. I got to get like that. Yeah. Um, and one thing we have now is we're picking out this morning my girlfriend was like okay we're gonna pick out some artwork uh -huh. and I was like how about I pick out a piece and you pick out a piece and she was like we should just pick it out together Yeah. cause for me with artwork what I would want right now is like a giant photo of I just cause I've been in weightlifting recently uh -huh. Vin Diesel at his most jacked oh nice fucking flexing popping <laughs> or some kind of Greek statue just cause I've been like really trying to get some muscle uh -huh. so that's what I would like uh -huh. and I feel like if I do get that there's gonna be a picture that goes over it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger had some fucking yeah. classic photos. Woo! You know? I don't know what it is. I've been going through this thing where, like, just seeing muscles for me, I don't know what it is. I just think it's like, I'm like, good for you. It's hard work. It's hard work. That's it's what it is. It's a lot of work. Which adult responsibility do you resent the most? I don't really have a lot of adult responsibilities. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of, it's kind of cool, actually. Um, what's, a, what's an adult responsibility people have that, Give me an example. I would say an adult responsibility would be, wow, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm like, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of my sister and her husband. 
planning for the future. Wow. Oh, I don't resent. I mean, I like that kind of stuff. You do? Like, I, I, I mean, I wish I did more of it. But if given the time and opportunity, I would kind of relish the opportunity to, to do that kind of plan for the future. Sounds like sounds like something you have to do. Do you like it more now that your that your career is like like so like juicy and like did it stress you out more before you had such like a vibrant career? No, it it stresses me out now more. Mm, that's interesting. Back then, it was like I was. I still kind of am living just like whatever happens happens, right? You know, and I, I kind of enjoyed that freedom and like I remember right when pandemic happened i'm sure i was very subconsciously stressed but i was a lot more optimistic and like you know things have worked out for me uh consistently and even at my lowest lows like uh uh, things kind of worked out and i got that's like a hard lesson to remember yeah um but now that things have quote unquote worked out even more than now it becomes, okay, now I got to be a lot more prudent about things that moves I'm making. Right. I, the, the adult responsibility I resent the most probably is, and this is again, like uh, uh, coming from a place of success, the quotes uh, of like maintaining it. Right. Now there's stakes. Yeah. The stakes are at another level. And, and I don't, res- I resent it, but I don't resent it. And I resent that I like I wish it was all taken care of already. Absolutely. I wish it could all just be done. <laughs> but uh running a business and, and maintaining it, like I, I waver back and forth between like, no, I gotta this is this is when men are made. Mm. This is when uh powerful people and see this is like the trenches that right. people talk about. I rem- like I'll look back at this time and think fuck yeah I, I i was in a slump but i gotta come out yes. of it and i fought my way through it kind of thing versus thinking like, well, i can't believe i'm in like in this situation right now right fuck, you know that's where the character comes into and also it's like okay am i gonna be just like chill and then let things go or am i gonna continue to be proactive even if i could rest a little bit yeah and i think it's a combination of of i have to be chill and calm and positive uh, but also proactive and and pursue this the way I pursued it such that it got me to the place where right. I could be in this position. You know? I talk about that with my therapist sometimes because I'm like, it's sometimes I'm like trying to be more balanced now. I get really scared. Like, can I go all in on something in a way that in I've seen like that's what pushes something forward. But I'm like, I'm scared of that now that I am trying to be more balanced too. Like, can I bridge those two things? Yeah, but you can. That's the you thing. Can. That's you can. You can. And it's just like maintaining that composure that's super hard. I think that's probably composure yeah i think i don't resent it because resent is just a difficult word Mm -hmm. uh i do it is a burden for sure to like maintain that composure maintain like stay positive and stay optimistic and stay like those are things you have to work at for sure until it becomes innate right like for me it's not it it wasn't innate so i have to build that skill do you do like a meditation thing or like mantras or i tried meditating and i should i want to get back into it same but for a while, and I, my schedule just got a little annoying for me, like uh, with all sorts of shit. But I was doing a thing where, like, my wife and I would just sit for like twenty minutes and read. Mm. You know, like reading is meditative, absolutely. And even if it was just twenty minutes, like we would sit and read for like twenty, thirty minutes every morning, like coffee and read. I love that. And that that has definitely proved beneficial. That's a reset too, because the 
anything I could do to make it so the first thing I don't do is just like I see myself just like reaching for the fucking phone. Yeah. And then I do it. And the second I'm on there, then it's like, okay, we're done. So it's like, just try just for today. Don't do the re don't yeah. get on that algorithm. Exactly. I don't need to watch a pimple get popped. I don't need to watch <laughs> a hip get stretched. My algorithm's all pimple popping, hip stretching, and catching pedophiles. Like it's a lot. <laughs> it's just a lot first thing in the morning. Like that's a lot for coming sure. at you. Yeah. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, now we have a portion of the show called Emma's Dilemmas. This is my dilemma this time. I can't take a compliment. Anytime I get any type of compliment, say someone says, oh, you look good, or... Whatever it is, right away I go into, oh, I get a lot of Botox or, oh, no, I don't. I fucked up this or, oh, da, da, da. And that's like a drain. When I see other people do that, I'm like, come on, it's draining. Like, just like keep it moving. Uh -huh. I don't know what it is. Anytime, even if someone says, like, I had been getting like messages like, oh, you're like, your hair's crazy. Your hair's crazy. And then one person said, I like your hair. And I just shot. I was like, oh, thanks. I've been taking creatine. Mm -hmm. And they were like, does that affect your hair? And I was like, no, I'm just really bad at taking any type of compliment. Uh -huh. And I don't know what my fucking problem is because I think that's like a form of, if anything, it's like making, it's like dragging out the compliment because now you put the person in a position where they have to justify it too. Uh -huh. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. How are you with doing co with compliments? I've, I've come to appreciate them very much. Mm. Um, I think uh, uh, I never had a problem taking compliments because I was like, yeah, you goddamn right. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, uh, it's definitely uh, something you have to work on. And I think from a, I think it, I don't, this is me talking mm. therapist, even though I don't have any qualifications whatsoever. I'm sure it has to do something with some kind of deep-seated insecurity. Totally, or like an imposter syndrome thing, exactly. or like whatever. Yeah. Or feeling who know like I don't I don't know what it is. Sometimes, or if someone says good show, if it's about a show or something, I'll say, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. But anything physical, uh -huh. then I right away I just start talking about how I take get Botox or get creatine. It, it could be like you get good feet, and I'm like ah, Botox, creatine, Botox, creatine. Yeah, maybe I, I. It's definitely an insecure. Did you get compliments as a kid about your appearance? No. Yeah, maybe. Oh my God, no. Maybe I mean that that probably has some childhood uh, roots Never. in it for sure. Not once. You know, maybe it'd be like you're cute. Maybe. Uh -huh. Maybe. Did you get compass as a kid? The janitor would always be like, no. No, I remember just being told like, oh, like when I hit puberty, oh, you fit a suit well. Like my right, Spanish right, right. teacher, like oh, your shoulders got really broad or your mm. voice is crazy. That kind of stuff. But it was never like, they were not overflowing. or Sure. But now, you know, we're in positions where people will talk about you and stuff. And it's just like, okay, thank you very much. I right. appreciate it. Just got take it in. I I don't know what it is that especially with the looks thing because especially if you're not like I feel like more masculine people don't normally get complimented for like look stuff. Yeah. So that is like a thing to just take that because like I know with my girlfriend like she just gets yelled at in the street literally. Uh huh. And that has like I've never been catcalled. Yeah. Well, it's definitely it's just an insecurity thing. Have like, you been did straight men ever get catcalled? I've never been catcalled. Yeah, I don't know any. I mean, I know, I know one, I had one straight guy friend that he got catcalled, but it was in West Hollywood by gay guys. Uh -huh. And I remember him being like, 
thought it was like thrilling. Yeah, yeah. I wish. I yeah. wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> yeah. What's up, man? Right. <laughs> Sometimes uh, yeah. if if she gets catcalled, I'll like ta- I'll be like, thank you so much, and then they're like, uh-huh. so that's probably where the maybe they don't go, but I, they look I've, freaked. I've been told, hey man, good outfit. That's was, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you very much, TSA man. Like right. <laughs> happened like yesterday. I was like, he's a good fit, bro. I was like, thank you, man. I worked on this. I appreciate that. Yeah. So like, I think compliments. I could see how they would be uh, jarring. Yeah, because it's like I'm not used to it, I guess. Yeah, or because you don't believe it. Right. And it's just like, that. That again, that just come back to your core insecurity. Totally. You know? Also, it's like people nine out of ten times probably are just literally trying to keep it moving. I know yeah. I am when I'm, hey, I like that, I like that. Like Then if someone was like, nah, they suck. I'm like, you fucking mother. I don't want to get stuck in this conversation. <laughs> right, right. It's the worst to like. No, I don't really like the set. And then someone's like, "No, you did good." <laughs> no, that one, yeah, you're now you like don't antagonize me. Now you made it. Uh, now you made it for them to like defend their compliment, right. and that's, right. that's even worse. Now we have a rapid fire round called "Who, What, Where, When, How." Uh oh. Here we go. Who do men prefer as a therapist, a woman or another man? I prefer a woman. I I, I have a bit about this, but it's true. It's just like you know. I believe in uh, someone who can identify blind spots, and mm. I, I I don't trust that a male a male <laughs> will be able to identify like they'll be blind to the you same. Think they'll just be agreeing with you. They're like, yeah, yeah she's yeah, a bitch, yeah, right? Exactly. Whereas women, and, uh, just the fair sex, uh, will be able to provide some kind of insight to me, and I, I just also. Maybe it's just like I don't want some father figure trying to tell right. me how to live my life. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure that has something to do with it. And also, like, the first therapist I found that fit the needs was also just a woman. Mm. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. What do men get grossed out by? I get grossed out by, like, that pimple popper stuff. Mm. It bothers me for some, I don't know, it's just, I, like, small pimples, sure, but, right. like. Oh, my God, those cysts. Well, it's fucking. I what just, are we doing? I, I, I just even thinking about it is like jarring to me. It's, it's like, so jarring, and then it keeps on getting like amped up to be sensational now. And I'm just like, what the fuck? How could you even remotely find this worth watching? I don't know. There's something. It's like watching. A, it's something like satisfying about it. But I'm scared that one day I'm gonna watch one and she's just gonna like kill somebody. Yeah, no, it's just like because it's getting more and more extreme. And what a life that doc. What's her name, Doctor? Doctor Pimple Popper. Yeah, you know, don't I don't know her know. real name yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> The Asian lady right. that pops pimples, like I, ugh, I can't even think about it. But beyond that, like body stuff for sure. Mm. Body stuff really grosses me out. I've seen like people take shits on the street, and mm. that didn't bother me as much as like watching one. Yeah, like sure, yeah. People, get, you got shit, you got shit. Pop a pimple on fucking national TV, like gross, dude. <laughs> Where do men seek the most validation? As a guy that loves sports mm. but can't play anything for like his life, mm. <laughs> probably in some form of of athleticism. Like I know I'm good at comedy, right? But if I do something like even remotely athletic or like at the gym, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I did eight pull ups!" Right? No one's still, you know, like that's probably where 
uh, I would seek the most validation if it was being given. Mm. Um, I, I feel like when I'm with my trainer and I do something that like, it's like good fucking shit. Oh yeah. I'm like, goddamn right. Yes. Yeah. I jumped that box. Do you, you ever know? like look over when you're doing something to see if they're approving? Yeah. yeah. I am always uh, like looking and they're like, all right, get back to it. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's definitely where, and then, you know, uh, the standard of like myself as a guy, I seek validation in the thing that I'm doing for a living. So mm. like, I think, I think most men are like that where it's like, if you're an investment banker, then you seek validation in creating the best deal. Your best, your doctor, your validation comes from saving the most right. lives or whatever it is. For me, it's like, I'm seeking validation on stage for this fucking joke because this is what I work at and this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm presenting to you. How do you feel about it? Yeah. How do you deal with it when you're not getting the validation in that moment? I usually revert to calling them idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just like I I I know when a joke is just bad because right. it's bad versus I know a joke is bad uh because they're mm -hmm. on the wrong side and a lot of times most of the times it's my fault right um and which is why i revert to you guys are dumb right <laughs> hey fuck you guys rather than analyze my own <laughs> myself when do men want to be surprised all the time really uh good surprises mm. bad surprises are obviously I'm always pregnant yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah always bad uh i think i think every guy i mean minus a surprise party that requires that ends up being work mm. for you like a birthday party or some shit i think i love surprises a surprise party where someone's like you got to plan your surprise party no a surprise party where it's like oh shit like i was really just hoping that this weekend i was gonna be off right <laughs> right Not, but my family's yeah yeah yeah, yeah that come kind in. of thing um but no i think i i like surprises how do men process their anxiety uh for me it's just the stage I, mm. I i think comedians have a cheat code for sure and, and that's when you're doing comedy that's when i to me i think when someone's doing comedy at their best when they're processing their like anxiety as a shared experience with that we are addicts yeah and uh i realize this when like i'm on vacation if i take one mm. where it's like if i'm not on stage for like three or four days there's something off and I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it's, and then I thought about it, I was like, I'm going through withdrawal. Right, with the fucking adrenaline. From the adrenaline and the release of saying the thing that I've been thinking about for so long. Right. You know, when, when the cancer happened, when I lost my ball to tie it all back, like, the, my I had a real problem in that I did not understand why I didn't feel any cancer emotion mm. like i wasn't like man i'm sad or my fuck i'm mad this happened to me like you know i didn't talk to a lot of cancer survivors or anything like that uh to try to figure out how they what they were experiencing because i felt part of me felt like blessed and also mm. uh uh like my cancer wasn't real because mm. i literally had it for three days Wow. You know, it was like my balls hurt on a Thursday. Tuesday, I had surgery. Wow. You know, and then I was, then that week later, I was cancer free. Like they did the blood tests and all that kind of shit. So, like, I never felt like, right. Oh, oh my God, I can't. So, when I asked, I asked my therapist, like, yo, I don't feel like I, like, I'm supposed to feel I never felt fear. I mm. never. And she was just like, well, when did you start talking about it? And I was like, well, I was writing jokes every day while I was going through it from like the day I, my balls hurt to hmm. like well after. And she was like, yeah, you just went through exposure therapy. 
Oh, interesting. Where you just constantly talked about it. So any anxiety you might have been feeling subconsciously or consciously, like you literally just said it on stage and you learned to laugh at it or turn it into something that wasn't uh, um, uh, detrimental to you. Having something in your own head for me, I always find to be the place where it goes not the best. Yeah, it's, you know, to take the takeaway being like for men that women that aren't comedians, it's Mm. like, Writing is the best free therapy tool you could possibly have. It's just like, like just free write every time you're feeling something. I've, I've you know, a cousin who who has mental health issues and, and oh, is yeah. working through it, and he's just like, yeah, I got a journal, like mm. all the, I just journal all the time. And I'm like, oh, I hope no one stumbles across it unless he wants them to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I hope not too. Yeah. But like journaling is effectively, I was journaling, but you know, I get to right. bullshit on stage with it. Uh, but like writing whether it be with pen and pad or on your computer just like free writing with music on like it's the most liberating thing for your own anxiety that you could possibly experience and this is for general totally yeah getting it out too because also then sometimes you see when you get it out there you're like it for me sometimes it takes the power out of it puts more power into it but it's just not in my head stuck exactly and you finally get to oh that's what i'm feeling Mm. like for whatever reason, there's a different connection between your brain and your fingertips than there is between your brain and your brain. Yes. And that lets you kind of work through it. And again, like this is for general, the general population. I can't say this is prescriptive for right, right, people right. with like deep problems. Right. But if yeah, some, I wrote and wrote and wrote and my uh, schizophrenia didn't go yeah, away. Exactly. What in the fuck? Yeah, I wrote in two different, right. different hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. But if you're like a general person who has like a standard quote-unquote life like then it's a very helpful tool i think anxiety is like the the is not solved by but Mm. definitely aided by writing and and letting that out and getting down to its right size to control your life yeah exactly thank you so much for being on the show where can people find you I'm on tour, fastandloosetour.com. When do you start? When's the store date start? It's on right now. Um, I'm coming to Vegas December 9th, Fresno December 8th, LA December 14th, San Fran, Sacramento, Philadelphia, Madison Square Garden, December Ooh. 30th. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Please, the theater at Madison Square Garden, December 30th in that's New York so City. so exciting. Please come through, fastandloosetour.com. It's going to be Good awesome. Good for you. Oh Thank my you. God, the, the theater at Madison Square Garden. Yes, I'm very excited. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Let's sell it out. Let's do it. Thanks for Please coming on the show. don't let me have anxiety about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't make his journaling get destructive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you guys for listening to Ask Men Anything. Please DM me at Emma Wilman on Instagram or email your questions to AMA at Betches.com for our next guest. And if you have any thoughts on what we talked about today, let us know. I'll talk to you next week when we Ask Men Anything. Ask Men Anything is produced by Sean Kilby and Rebecca Steinberg. Editing by Jazz Zapatos, Rebecca Steinberg, and Shannon Sasson. Guest booking by Anna Zagzag. Send your emails to AMA at Betches.com. Betches.